goodness and kindness. Thank you, Father. And Father, each and every day, we will strive in our hearts and our lives to be greater servants of the Most High God, to be more like He, Father. You said in Your Word, to be holy as You are holy. Father, to walk in love as You walk in love, to be faithful as You are faithful, Father. Father, to distribute signs and wonders and miracles to the people around us because you distributed signs and wonders and miracles to the people that you were around when you were on the earth. So, Father, we thank you that we are the carriers of the power of God. This world, Father, is lost and dying. It has no, no solution, Father, to their problems. They have no way out, Father. But, Father, you are the way out. And we are the carriers of the power, Father, that can help people get out out from under sickness and disease, Father, and oppression and depression, Father, and sadness, Father. We carry the joy of the Lord, Father, and it is our strength. Yes. Father, we are joyful every day because we know that you hear our prayers and that you answer our prayers, Father. So, Father, we rejoice. You said in your word to rejoice evermore. So, Father, we will rejoice each and every day that you have our, our lives in your hands. Father, our destiny is in heaven. And we know, Father, the thoughts that you have for us, Father, are thoughts of hope, with the future and an end. You have good thoughts about us, Father. We know these things because your word declares them to be so. And so, Father, when we think about what do you think of us? It's not disappointment and, and discouragement, Father, but joy and happiness, Father, and a desire for us to fulfill all the good things in this earth that you desire us to do. Father, we will do our part to lay aside, Father, weights and sins that does so easily beset us. Father, and we'll run the race that you've placed before us. We'll stay in our lane. Father, we will get up and we will engage. We will engage by faith, Father. We will engage your word. We will engage your spirit, Father. Father, there is no idle church. Father, the church must be about the Lord's business. And Father, we thank you that you desire the entire world to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. But Father, you've placed that, that responsibility into the hands of your church. We are the church, Father. We are the carriers of your power. So, Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Father, for these things. Honor for the Lord. We thank you, Lord. You are great and mighty and wonderful and faithful, Father. And we give you all praise and honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We thank Him for His goodness and kindness and watching over us. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. We have been studying on, on the, uh, um, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, Jesus spent all of chapter 5, all of chapter 6, all of chapter 7 with this uh, dissertation. And uh, uh, it's one of the greatest dissertations, you know, in the Word of God because Jesus spent all this time in 
And of course, he's, uh, there was a lot more said than, this, than these words, but these are the summary things. And so it's our responsibility to go and study them out and find out what the whole counsel of God says about these things because he spent other, other times in the word of God to kind of fill in the gaps and give us some more information about, about these things. And so we've got down to, uh, to, to verse 43. And I thought it'd be good just to read uh, these verses again uh, and uh, to comment on some of these things that he said. But he, uh, he said in verse 43, this is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, you have heard that it, it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. And that's a quote from the Old Testament. And if you remember in our whole discussion that part of the, the, the goal of Jesus in this Sermon on the Mount was to bring a transition, to tell the church there's a transition coming. Uh, uh, you've heard these old things in the Old Testament, but uh, you know th- those were limited because the Lord could only go so far with the people of the Old Covenant. He didn't have the Spirit of God in them. And so there was a limit. You know, If he had asked the Old Covenant people to love their enemy, they'd have been like, there's no way. We, we don't have the ability to do that because that would have to come from, from their own strength. They didn't have the Spirit of God in them. And so now Jesus is saying here, that uh, not only did I tell you to love your neighbor in the Old, Old Testament, but now I'm telling you that uh, in verse 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Well, now the people he's speaking this to did not have the capacity to do, to do this any more than the people in, in the book of Leviticus had the capacity to do this. So he is telling them to do something here that they're not going to be able to do until after the cross, until after the resurrection. Now, and so uh, he's in this transition phase of trying to tell them these things. And so, of course, they're... Uh, in doing this, for us, you know, we know we have the love of God in us, and well, yeah, we can do that. This is, is blowing their minds, right? The, when the Lord's asking these people to do this, and even if we don't do it, you know, uh, by choice in the New Testament, we always have the capacity to do it. We'll talk about some more of that in, in just a minute. But he said, love your, love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. I ain't doing that. Uh, do good to them that hate you. Are you kidding me? Uh, how many times do people say that? Pray for them which despitefully use you. Yeah, I'll pray for them. You know, back, back in, the, uh, uh, when, when the, in the 2020 election, uh, you know, there was a lot of drama. Anybody remember the 2020 election? You know, what was the drama level? It was like 11, right? Drama level of 11. Uh, and uh, people were mad. I mean, the church was mad. You know, and, it, and it's funny because before, uh, before the election, uh, the Lord spoke to me, uh, me personally. Uh, you know, you're, you're allowing your, your emotions to get involved with this, right? Because I want to burn them all and shoot the rest, right? And anybody else want to do that? You know, burn them all and shoot the rest. And so, uh, so there was a lot of, and so I had to back off, right? I just went blacked out all news, you know, which made my wife happy, right? Because she's, she's not a news person. I love the news. I, I like, I, well, I love the news. I, I like watching the news, you know, see what's going on, you know, and, uh, and, um, I don't know if it's a guy thing, you know, but, you know, a lot of them, I don't know, I don't, you know, I don't know, but, you know, uh, I, I'm not, I don't care, you know, you love the news, you don't like the news, it doesn't matter to me, but, uh, you know, I like, I like keeping up on things, and, and, um, but, you know, you, you, the problem is you can get so involved emotionally in those things, and then you're being run by your emotions, and the Lord said, you got to back off, uh, and I did, I just shut it all off, shut the whole thing off there, uh, and uh, some other people did not get that memo, and we were, we were at a minister's conference, and we were talking to this one pastor who said, yeah, we're praying for them. Lord, break their teeth. You know, that's an old, that's an old covenant prayer, right? That's in, from the book of Psalms, right? They're, break their teeth. I'm thinking, you know, we live in the New Testament, right? You really can't pray that in the New Testament because you said love your enemies. You know, do good to those that hate you. 
You know, the world hates you, right? The world, the world hates you uh, because you want to live for God. It, just because of no other reason, but because you love God, they hate you. Uh, and, and a lot of politicians hate you. They hate what you stand for. They hate that you're sitting in a church on a Sunday morning and not out doing some perverted thing. I mean, it seems like today, nowadays, unless it's perverted, we're not going to promote it. You know, you can't just promote being good. Now, you know, now you have to dress like a female if you're a male. You know, you got to cross-dress and do just, Unless it's insane, we're, we're not, we don't think it's good. You know, unless you're, you know, grooming little children to do things that they ought not even know about. You know, it, we're not going to promote it. It's like, you all are crazy people. Well, he said, love those crazy people. Love them, right? I ain't loving them. I'm going to burn them all, right? Shoot, shoot the rest. And uh, you love them. I'm not loving them. Uh, and, but are, are, these, are these suggestions? No, they're not suggestions, right? Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans do the same? You know, it's easy to be good to people that are good to you. It's the easiest thing in the world. Be good to people that are being good to people that are good to you. Amen? Easy in the world. It's much harder to be good to people who are not good to you. Amen? I'm going to slash all their tires and, and, and burn the rest, right? <clears throat> Uh, he said, if, if all you're doing is loving those that love you, he said, there's no reward in that because it doesn't take any effort to do that. No faith is required to love those that love you. I mean, he didn't say it, it's wrong to love those that love you. Don't you love them? You know, you love me, man. I, it's easy to love you back, right? Uh, but if you don't love me, uh, then, then uh, he said, we still have to do that because uh, there's no reward in only doing the easy things. Amen. And when I say easy things, it, the, the, the difficulty is not uh, uh, the, the actual act of doing it. The difficulty is your flesh and your emotions don't want to do it, but your spirit does want to do it. That's the conflict. The conflict is not the actual event. The conflict is your flesh wants to, wants to slash their tires and bury them in the backyard, but your spirit man says, you know, you can't do that. That's the conflict. The conflict is not the person. The conflict is in you. It's always in you. And when you can learn to recognize that conflict, that your spirit says to be good to them, to pray for them, but your flesh wants to bury them, then if you can recognize that, that that's me, that's on me, that's not on them, that's on me. And then I can do something about that, amen? And so that's the, that's the problem uh, that the church has a hard time resolving because the world says, if you feel it, you should do it. If you feel that way, that's you, that you should be able to do that. Well, no, the, the, the New Testament says, because we live in the, in the scriptures, right? You know, uh, psychologists will tell you, well, you know, if that's how you feel, you need to be able to express how you feel. That is a lie, a biggest lie in the world. Because the Bible, my Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, or 1 Corinthians 15, that there are many voices in the world. Actually, in verse 14, in chapter 14. There are many voices in the world. You know, your flesh has a voice. Shoot them right now in the kneecap right? And if you miss, shoot the other kneecap, right? Uh, th that's what your flesh wants to do. Your spirit man, which is also in you, says, no, no, you can't do that. No, they're both in you. That's both, that's you. You have that conflict. A and the world says, well, if you feel like it, you should be able to do it. No, that's what they're doing today. If you feel like it's okay to, to groom little children into, into, uh, into sexual perversion, then that's okay. And nobody, why isn't anybody going, I get a question. You all are crazy, right? Why are you all doing this? 
But the whole world, I mean, you look on, you know, you watch the news, right? You watch the news, and it's like, oh, they had this little, you know, transgender things, and they're promoting, you know, sexual perversion to children, and, and that's a good thing. All of y'all need to be in jail, right? Somewhere far away from children, far away from anybody, uh, because that's insane. You know, 10 years ago, we would have locked people up like that. You know, 15 years ago, they, they, you know, they'd have been buried in the backyard, and nobody, where'd they go? We don't have any idea. Now, I'm not saying you should harm them. You know, they are people too, right? But they need to be far away. Amen? We can love them in jail. Amen? Uh, you know, I'd be fine sending them all to jail because they all are perverted. They all need to be somewhere far away from humanity. Amen? Uh, and so, so that conflict is in all of us. If you're, are, are you breathing air? Welcome to the human race. Amen? If you're breathing air, you have this conflict. Uh, and you have to decide what are you going to do. He says, it's easy to love those that love you. Because your emotions are hooked up with your spirit man. Your spirit man's like, yeah, I'm going to love him. Your emotions, yeah, it's okay to love him. But when they're not good to you, your, your spirit man says, still says you still need to love him. But your emotions go, I ain't doing it. And that conflict is there, right? That conflict is in all of us. And what I have found over the years is if I will recognize that conflict, if I will recognize that, you know, over here, the spirit of God wants me to do this, the word of God wants me to do this, but my flesh, my carnality wants me to do this, that only ever leads to bad things. It's never, it never, you never get done and go, yeah, I'm glad I did that. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. You maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're different than I am. But uh, more often than not, there's regrets. I, mean, I, I kind of wish I hadn't done that, right? Uh, and then we lie about it. Well, I didn't mean it. Well, you meant it 100%. You know, when I repent, I never lie to the Lord. Lord, I didn't mean it. The Lord's like, yes, you did. You meant every second of it. And when I repent, I say, Lord, I did it. I chose to do it. I wanted to do this thing. Now, even if I regret it now, in the moment, I wanted to do it. And so I never lie to the Lord. You know, because he, he, you ever think he's in heaven going, oh, well, then it's okay. I mean, I know you didn't mean to do it. Even though he knows you meant to do it, you know you meant to do it. Lying to the Lord doesn't help you to repent, amen? People, well, if I did anything to you, what do you mean if you did anything? You know, I had a guy that persecuted me for years, stood up in church multiple times and lied about me to the church, right? To the church. And then he comes to me. This is years, right? Jerry knows all about my friend Jerry over here. He's here as a, as a, as a, as a witness, right? Uh, uh, how many years did he do that, Jerry? Years, right? Lied. I mean, tried to destroy my character. And just the worst person, you know, in church. This is in church, right? Because everybody in church are perfect saints, right? Except for this one guy. But for years he did that. Then he has the gall to invite me to go to lunch. He says, hey, if I ever did anything wrong, you know, please forgive me. That was not repentance at all. Uh, that's, that's not, you know, what do you, what do you mean if? Would you like a list? You know, here's a list right here of all the things you've ever done to me, right? Uh, and not that we keep lists, you know, we're not supposed to keep lists, but I did have a list for him. Uh, and so uh, if I ever did anything, what, you know, that's just, it's embarrassing. I was embarrassed for him because we were taught better than that. You know, he sat in the same church that I sat in, same church that Jerry sat, on, uh, sat in for years. My, my pastor, don't you ever bring if into your repentance. You know if you did it or not. You know if you wanted to do it or not. Don't lie to the Lord. Lord, if I did anything. And people said, you know, Lord, if I've made any mistakes, please, please forgive me. What do you mean if? The, the Spirit of God in you will tell you, hey, dummy, that right there, you've got to repent for that. That's wrong. Well, Lord, if I, if I, if, you know, if I did that, you know, and, and I make no excuses. Well, Lord, I was having a bad day. Lord, I was hungry. Lord, I was tired. You know, we, we always raised our kids uh, from the standpoint of it doesn't matter if you're tired or hungry or anything, you are required to behave. 
and some adults don't ever get that memo. Some adults say, well, I was hungry, you know. Well, I couldn't help it. Well, I just had to say something. Anytime you say the words, I had to, everything after that is a lie. You chose to do it, amen. You didn't have to do it. You chose to do it, amen. Uh, and so <clears throat> uh, if you love them that love you, what reward you have you do not even the publicans, the tax collectors, the worst people. You know, the tax collectors were Jews who were helping out the Roman government. So they were hated above everybody else. Not much has changed, right? Uh, tax collectors, right? But um, uh, the, they were the worst. You know, they, you know, you're a tax collector. You're a publican. That's like the worst thing you could, you could, you could uh, tell somebody. And if you salute your brethren only, what well, do you more than others? Do not even the publicans do it. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So that last verse there is really important because, of course, the word perfect doesn't mean to be without flaws. You know, of course, the Lord is without flaws. This word perfect means to be mature. Uh, and that's, is the Lord mature? He is mature. But, you know, uh, sometimes in the church, we, we like to elevate the fact that we are servants. We do things for the Lord. You know, we work, we clean the church, you know, we, we're there every time there's a you know, meal, we clean up after the meal, you know, and, and we, we do things. And, and anything wrong with doing things? No, we need things done, right? And so play, praise God, you know, that we do things. But he didn't say do things like he does things. He said be like him. And our responsibility as a church is to every day get up and say, Lord, how could I be more like you? Not just do more for you, but be more like you. Uh, trying to, if, if we think that doing more for the Lord will get us uh, more accolades and more, more kindness from the Lord or more, more uh, uh, privilege with the Lord, we've got it all wrong. He wants us to be like him. Well, how can we be like him? He lives on the inside of you. If, if all you did is let everything on the inside of you shine to the outside of you, you would look just like the Lord Jesus. Uh, in fact, when the devil sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees the God in you. That's why he fears the church so much. Now, the church hasn't got the memo that the, that the devil fears us, but he does. He fears any Christian who is like the Lord Jesus. He fears any Christian that looks like the Lord Jesus. Amen? And so, the, uh, so Jesus is telling these people who are incapable of being perfect like the Lord is perfect, to tell them to do that. And so, so they're thinking, there's no way. But now, in the New Testament, we know we got born again. When we got born again, He put His Spirit in us. The same Spirit, every single thing you see in, in nature was created by the same power that lives on the inside of you. Everything, every blade of grass, every tree, every cloud, every star in the sky was created by the same power that lives on the inside of you right now. And then he placed his love. He said in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the, by the Holy Ghost, which is given to you. The same love. Remember the famous John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, can you imagine? Uh, I mean, if somebody came up and said, hey, uh, uh, we've got a really bad problem here. We need to kill your son in order to solve this problem. I'd be, you know, even now I'd be like, No. No way. Go, can you, go so, you know, I mean, I, no telling what I'd say, right? I mean, there's just no way. Uh, because, first of all, from a, because I know the Bible, I said, well, there's, not, there's no need for a sacrifice anymore, physical sacrifice, amen? Uh, uh, because the Lord Jesus did that, amen? So uh, I'm glad the Lord's never asked me to do that. Now, Abraham did that, right? Abraham was willing to do that. And he was a reflection of, of showing the love that the Father had for us. When the Lord said, you go, go offer Isaac. The son, you mean the son I've waited for 25 years to, to have? The only son I've got? I mean, Ishmael, you know, but uh, the only son of, of the promise that I've got? 
you want me to offer? Now, Abraham was a great man of faith. Because Abraham didn't, you know, he didn't just, you know, when the Lord was dealing with him with Hagar, he was really struggling. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to give her to Hagar. You know, I mean, she's, she's the mother of Ishmael, and, and I know she's not Sarah, but, you know, we had this relationship there, and, you know, and, and, and Sarah said, she's got to go. And Abraham said, I don't really know. And finally, the Lord spoke to Abraham and said, do what Sarah said. Get rid of her and Ishmael, right, because they're causing conflict in the house. You've got to get rid of the sin and the consequences of the sin sometimes. But when he came to Abraham and said, you've got to offer Isaac, yes, sir, I'll be glad to do that. Because he, he said, if necessary, the Lord will raise him from the dead. Mm-hmm. He, so he wasn't afraid. It wasn't in fear, that, you know, or, or, and it wasn't out of just blind faith. He said, Lord, the Lord, the Lord will provide. Uh, he'll, he'll provide, you know. Uh, in fact, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's where Jehovah Jireh came from. The Lord provided the ram. Came out of the thicket. Uh, be, and Abraham was willing to go all the way. And Lord said, you know, I just needed to see your heart that you're willing to do that. Amen. So we're thankful that we don't have to do that anymore. So God sent his only son. God so loved the world. And then he took that same love and he put that inside of you. When you got born again, he placed a portion of that love inside of you. That love can grow. It can increase. But it's there for every Christian. The love of God. The agape love of God. We call it the agape love of God. It's the God kind of love. It's not emotional. It's not, it's not physical. It's spiritual. And it has to be operated by faith. You have to choose to yield to that love. Uh, and so, you, the, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about the love of God because the world is always trying to define the ch- to the church what love looks like. The world says love is accepting and approving of whatever I want to be. No, that is not the love of God. The love of God does not take a perverted person and say, oh, honey, it's okay. No, the love of God says you need to repent. And you need to get that devil's out of your life and you need to, to straighten up and not ever touch another human being ever if that's what it takes. That, the love of God would say that, amen? The love of God is not, oh, it's okay. It's not limp-wristed. It's not just, oh, just whatever. I'm a doormat. Just treat me however you want. No, that is, Jesus was the example of the love of God. Didn't he turn over the tables uh, in the, the, to the money changers in the temple? Didn't he whip them? He did that in the love of God, Amen. Didn't he tell the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you're whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones? Did he say, you're vipers? He said, you, you are of your father, the devil. Jesus said all those things. Didn't he say all those things? Did he ever do it in the flesh, in carnality, in anger, uh, in the sense that uh, it was just uh, anger from his, uh, from his sin nature, which, of course, he didn't have a sin nature, but no, it was always directed by the love of God. Amen? Uh, the, 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 the thing that helps me understanding what the love of God is, the love of God will always want the very best for you as defined by the Word of God and His Spirit, not as defined by what you think is best for you. Amen? Because all these perverted people that think what's best for them is you've got to accept my perversion. No, we are not accepting that. We're not mad about it. You know, I know I sound a little mad about it, but I'm mad about it because I, I, it just it, uh, the, the, the innocent children, when they get harmed, that when I see innocent people get harmed, especially children, it just, it riles me up. Because you got these lying, full of the devil adults telling us it's okay to pervert our, our young, innocent children and tell them about things that, you know, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't know, I didn't even know there were birds and bees until I was, you know, junior high and high school. You know, I didn't know, you know, I, I just magic, right? I don't know what happens, you know. You got little bee storks, you know, bringing bees there and you got little bird storks bringing birds. I mean, I didn't know. And I didn't care. Did you care when you was four years old, five years old, six years old about how they, No. 
Where do babies come from? Well, they come from the male. I mean, we don't know. We didn't care. Now they got, they're trying to tell kindergartens, you know, about all, you know, mommy's got, uh, uh, you know, this, uh, Sarah's got two mommies or whatever, and, and whatever, you know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, the whole point is, is perversion, right? And they want us to accept it. Well, well, see, the love of God will never accept sin. Now, the love of God doesn't want to shoot the sinners either. Amen? Because a lot of people in a church get so mad at sinners, they want to shoot them off. Uh, now, look, if you're, if you're a sinner and, and, and you, you have gotten so lied to in your mind that, that you uh, were a man yesterday and you're a woman today, in my heart, I just have, you know, pity and compassion for you. But if you take that perversion and then you want to present that to children... Well, then I want to put you in a, in a closed box somewhere where you're far away from anybody else. I want to protect the children. Amen. But I can still do that in love. But if it's just you and yourself having problems and sin, well, you know, there's compassion there. There is, there, there is uh, a desire to help and cast out devils. You know, they, they, uh, the world calls it, um, <clears throat> well, what does the world call it? Um, they, they call it uh, uh, when they're trying to do therapy, you know, to, to, uh, to, to change you back, you know. Uh, there's a word for that. Anybody know what the word is? There's a word for that. But anyway, it's, uh, you know what it is, Jared? Was it? Conversion therapy. Yeah, they call it conversion therapy. We're not, we don't do conversion therapy in the church. We cast out devils. Amen? Amen. You, got, you, you, you think you're a man when you're a woman or a woman when you're a man? That's a devil right there. Uh, and we need to cast out a couple of devils, you know, more than likely. Uh, uh, and uh, it typically in those areas, you know, there's not a law, but typically in those areas, there's a lot of devils interacting in your life. Amen? Best thing to do is get a devil cast out of you. You know, not exercised, it's cast out by the name of Jesus. Amen. In fact, that's what he told the church. In my name, that you shall cast out devils. Well, well, how many devils are in the, in the world today, especially in our nation? I mean, the, devil, the perversion devils operating in our nation today, you know, used to be greed and avarice, you know, and pride. Now it's perversion. Uh, and, and it's just, it's a shame. Amen. The love of God can help them all get out of that. See, the love of God can go to somebody who, who, who's struggling with their gender, which is ridiculous, right? That, I mean, all you could do is look in a mirror, uh, you know, and, and, I mean, what in the world? Go down to the plumbing department in Lowe's, you know. You tell everything you know about, about gender when you just go to the plumbing department, right? You know, I'm a licensed plumber. Do you know I'm a licensed plumber? Uh, and I can tell you, I'm, you know. Uh, and I also have a doctorate in theology. So I can put those two together and I can help anybody, right? Uh, and so it, it's... Uh, these are not difficult things, amen? But, you know, there are, there are sincere people who struggle with these things because of the lies that other people tell them, because of the lies that society is telling them, amen? Our compassion has the ability to, to help them and, those, and those, those people. We don't convert them back to the way they were. We cast the devil out them to free them to be the person they were always designed to be, amen? Uh, and so, uh, but this love, this love lives on the inside of us, and, and it's the greatest failing of the church because faith operates by love. And why in the world isn't the church raising the people from the dead and casting out devils? Because we do not walk in the love of God like we should. Our faith is constrained because we choose not to walk in love. We love to walk in, in, in all of the, the societal part of, of, uh, of the church. We all, we all love fellowship, and, and fellowship is, a, is an active and a, and a blessed part of the church. But the most important part of the church is the love of God. God is love. The Bible doesn't say that God loves people. The Bible says God is love. That's who he is. Amen? It's not what he does, it's who he is. Everything God has ever done has been motivated by love. Amen? Sending Jesus into the earth motivated by love. Amen? Uh, you know, one time uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne asked, asked, asked uh, 
asked the father, just praying. He said, when Adam and Eve fell in, in the garden, sinned in the garden, he said, why didn't you just get rid of them and start over? I mean, you only had two, right? You, you got two and they, they messed up immediately. And, you know, if it was me and you, we'd just get rid of them and start, get two more, right? And the Lord said, I'm not, he said, I'm not an abortionist. I don't kill people because they've done wrong to, and start back over. Uh, and so, you know, that, because the love of God, now the love of God drove him to spend thousands of years to, to work out the plan of redemption so that mankind can choose to follow him as their own free will. And so, <clears throat> so the love of God, if we want to, he said in verse 48, be therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven is perfect. So it's most important for us to be like God, not, not work for God, but be like him, full of faith, full of power, full of love. Amen. We can be that person. Uh, and people say, well, that's, that's, only for, that's only for ministers, right? Pastors or special, you know, special prophets can do stuff like that. No, he wants the whole church to be that way. He always designed the entire church to be full of power, to be full of love. He never intended the church to be, be you know, a few, a few super strong Christians and everybody else to be barely get along Christians. Amen. He always intended the entire church to be supernatural, devil casting out, mountain moving people of faith. That was always the, the, the intention of, and design of the Lord, the way he designed by putting the same spirit in him that raised Jesus from the dead. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Yes. He, it wasn't a different spirit. It was the exact same spirit lives on the inside of you right now. You have infinite capacity to be like God. You can be like him as much as you choose to be. Amen. And if you will learn to yield to the love of God. And so when the love of God is there in every, in every situation, you will always sense what the love of God is. If you're a Christian, you will always sense what the love of God wants you to do. Don't say that, you know, or sometimes do say that. Uh, don't do that, but sometimes you do do that. Uh, sometimes the love of God wants you to do something. And you'll always have to, that decision to make, well, Lord, do I yield to your love or do I yield to what I want to do? And so uh, we know, uh, if you've been around here long enough, uh, what's the opposite of love? Selfish. It's selfishness, right? Is it hate? But, you know, because that's easy. But, you know, the problem with that, I remember one time I was preaching on this and we had some visitors and they never came back, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I said, you know, hate is not the opposite of love because God hates things. And I've heard Christians say, you know, you should just take the word hate out of your, out of your vocabulary. No, I'm not taking it out of my vocabulary. God hates things. He hates sin, he hates sin right? And he hates divorce. He hates, he hates a lying tongue, right? He hates hands that shed innocent blood. The Lord hates a lot of things. Amen. He doesn't hate. There's no. He never says he hates per, people, though. There's no nowhere in the scripture says he hates this particular person, uh, and so. But he does hate things. Amen. So, lo, the opposite of love would have to be something that God can't do. Well, so so it has to be selfishness, because it's the exact opposite of, of love, right? Uh, what does uh, back to John three sixteen? For God so loved the world, he what? Gave. What's the whole goal of selfishness? To take. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and so, of course, if you're uh, hanging around somebody who loves and they want to give and you're selfish, you want to take. Well, that's a pretty good setup, right? For some people, at least that's the way they think of it. Uh, no, the, the love of God is, is there uh, and it will always show you the best path in your life. It will show you if you should not say something, the love of God said, don't say that. Don't do that. Well, I, you, well, I had to tell him. So uh, if you ever say words like that, what you're saying is, Lord, there's nothing you can do 
nothing you can say, no scripture, nothing that your, your spirit can say to me. I had to do that. And so I overrode God in my life. Anytime you say you had to do something, you're overriding God in your life, and you're saying that you know more than the Lord knows. And, of course, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of fear in really walking in love because people fear that, well, if I walk in love, I'll be a doormat. If I walk in love, people will take advantage of me. Did Jesus, was Jesus taken advantage of? Was Jesus, was Jesus uh, uh, never in charge of his life? Was he just, uh, I mean, I know, of course, he was a sacrifice, but just setting aside the time, the last three days of his life on earth, other than that, was he a doormat? People take advantage of him all the time and just steal from him all the time. And just, uh, I mean, you know, if you, look at, if you look at the Lord Jesus, his life, and uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time in this area, but if you look at his life, you know, there's a lot of things that, uh, uh, a lot of situations where it would rise up and, and you know, somebody be uh, like blind Bartimaeus. Uh, and he was, you know, uh, uh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the, the people that are around Jesus were telling him, be quiet. They didn't ask Jesus what to do. You know, he, now he's, he's Jesus, right? He's there, and they're telling him, be quiet, you're bothering Jesus. Did Jesus say they were, he was being bothered? No. Uh, uh, with, with, the, with the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, which came to him, hey, Jesus, you need to tell her to go away. You know, she's bothering us. You know, a lot of times they would tell Jesus what to do or speak for him. You know, he never rebuked them. Well, he needed to put them in his place. And I, I know a lot of ministers who will, will, will run their ministry with an iron fist. You do what I say. Jesus, you know, he just, if there was no unction in him to, to, to rebuke somebody about that, he just let it go. Just let it go. And, and people thought that because he didn't rebuke them, he approved of their actions. You know, just because the Lord is silent about your actions does not mean that that's the same as his approval of your actions. Amen. And just because I don't say anything to you doesn't mean that I don't notice what you do, right? Uh, I, I may notice what you do, but I may not say anything about what you do. Well, why not? There's no unction there. Well, you, don't you need to tell them, I am not your Holy Ghost. Amen? I refuse to take that position. Amen? Uh, and so, you know, and I learned that from Jesus. So many times people would speak to him. Remember uh, in, in, in Matthew 16, remember uh, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Bragged on Peter. Peter, oh yeah. Boys, you know, he said, I got revelation from heaven. <laughs> and then immediately, right, Jesus said, well, you know, then I'm going to have to go to the cross and die and do all these things. And the Bible says, Peter grabbed Jesus and rebuked him. Far be it from you, Jesus. Now, what would, he's the son of God. He just said, thou art Christ, the, Christ, the son of the God. He just said, you are the son of the living God. And he grabbed him and rebu rebuked him. Well, there was something about Jesus that, you know, they just felt like, you know, he didn't rule with an iron fist. Now, there's certain people, you know, that you, I can't imagine ever doing that to so-and-so. They would just, you know, like my pastor, I can't imagine, you know, certain things. You know, it's a, he had a black back in karate. He can kill you three ways and you wouldn't even know it. You'd be dead. You wouldn't even know it. You know, he'd kill you without you even knowing it. Now, and so, uh, you know, there's certain, I can never imagine doing things like that to him. But because Jesus walked in love, see, they thought they could just do things and control him. And, and then, of course, what did Jesus say? Get thou behind me, Satan. Right? I rebuked you. Get thou behind me, Satan. He, called, he, he was talking to the devil that Peter was yielding to. Grab Jesus. Can you imagine putting your hands on Jesus? In fact, the Bible says, you know, touch not mine anointed. 
that's a serious infraction, right? Uh, and so, uh, so the love of God, uh, if you look at Jesus, you know, he just was never under pressure to demand his rights, to demand his position as a son of God. He was a son of God. He was a leader of the whole movement. And yet so many times the people would speak for him. And he just, he was never under pressure to, to, to rule with an iron fist, to, to demand every little thing that people did exactly right. And, you know, people think, well, that, that's, you're being soft. No, you're just waiting for the Lord because the Spirit of God sometimes will say, get thee behind me, Satan. Sometimes the Spirit of God will tell you to rebuke them. And he, he rebuked them many times. Oh, you have little faith. One time he said, why is it that you have no faith? He rebuked his disciples many times. But sometimes they do stuff and he just, you know, no big deal. Well, how do you know? You, you, you yield to the love of God. If the love of God doesn't t- tell you to do, do anything, because sometimes the love of God will tell you, you need to go rebuke them and tell them to, to, uh, to stop doing that or tell them that they have no faith. That's the love of God. Amen? Sometimes the love of God says, don't do anything. So are you willing to do that, though? Are you willing to live that way? See, to me, it's one of the, the most free ways to live because I'm just never any pressure. If I, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, for me personally, uh, my pastor died in, in 2007, April of 2007, and, and to this day, so that's, that's been, what, uh, 15 years, right? 15 years, and I was with him for 20 years before that, so, you know, it's been 35 years since I'm, since I'm known, actually. Uh, it'll be uh, 40 years uh, when I first met him uh, ne- this year, 40 years uh, that I met him uh, this year, and he's still Pastor Vaughn to me. His name was Kenny Vaughn, Kenneth James Vaughn. But he's still, after all these, uh, Pastor Vaughn. When I meet him in heaven, he'll be Pastor Vaughn. You know, now he may say, call me Kenny. I just, I just I, you know, I, I don't know. It might take me a couple thousand years maybe to do that, right? Uh, if he says to do that. Uh, but, you know, over the years, I've seen so many people disrespect the position of pastor. You know, I stand in a position of pastor. I've seen so many people disrespect it. And it hurts my heart for them. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all, right? You, you want to disrespect the, the position of pastor? I mean, I, I got no reputation. I don't care. Not my problem. But it's a problem for you. And, and it bothers me for you that I've seen people do that, you know. Uh, and uh, the love of God, see, will never let you do that. The love, of, the love of God. I know pastors that are unqualified to be pastors. I still call them pastor. Because they stand that off. Well, they don't deserve to be called pastor. That's not my call. I am not the head of the church. If they are, if they are in a position of pastor, then, then I'm going to honor them as pastor. Well, you know, well, Joe Biden's not my president. He's still the president. Amen. You know, I know you don't like it. Well, he's not a real president. He's the president. Amen. Well, you know, I don't believe it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's still the president. Who's sitting in the Oval Office right now? Who's got the little red button that can push and destroy the entire world? President Joe Biden does. I got no problem calling him President Joe Biden. I mean, I got no problem respecting him. I don't like, like anything he does, but he's still the president, right? I mean, you know, okay, I can't think of anything. I'm, I'm sure there's something he does I like, right? But the, for the most part, I don't like anything he does. Uh, and I got no problem. See, I can say that without any, without any hatred in my heart. You know, I don't like what most, of the, what most of Congress does, Republicans and Democrats. You know, they spend money like a drunken sailor. Every one of them spend trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars. You know how much money trillion dollars is? You never even imagine how much money. It's, just so, it's, it's 12 zeros, right? It's an, it's, it's an insane amount of money. And they're, just, they're, all, they're all drunk on power, every one of them. Just about, you know, there's 435 congressmen. Uh, maybe about 434 of them need to be replaced, you know. There's at least one good one in there, I'm sure. But, but see, the love of God can look at something and just say, well, here's what it is, right? Your whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. He can say that with no hatred in his heart. 
See, the question for you is, can you say something, rebuke somebody with, without any hatred in your heart, without any desire of, of ill will towards them in your heart? Because they were whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. But that was just a fact, right? But see, some people can't say that without, and, and your mama. You know, they got that attitude in their heart, and your mama, right? See, if, if you can't leave off that last phrase, if that's part of your heart, uh, heart's attitude towards somebody, then you're not walking in the love of God. Amen. I can rebuke somebody and say, well, you know, uh, I mean, one time I told somebody everything you just told me, they spent, you know, 10, 15 minutes telling me about all the sorriness that I do and uh, how I'm a, I'm a terrible pastor and I don't run this church right and I'm not doing ministry like I should. and I'm a terrible teacher. I'm not feeding the people. And I mean, all these things. And with the love of God, I looked at them and said, everything you said was wrong. Now, they got so mad because they weren't used to people telling them they were wrong. And sometimes it's good for somebody to tell you you're wrong. I said, everything. Every, I said, there's a thousand reasons why everything you said is wrong. And I don't have enough time in, in, this, natural, in this short time I'm on the earth to tell you why everything you said was wrong. Because uh, they were one of the people who just, you know, they were raised in privilege. And they were so used to everybody just fawning over them. And I, you know, I could care less. I, I could care less what your name is. I could care less what your bank account says. You know, I could care less. You know, I know a pastor... One of the greatest people I've ever met is a pastor of a tiny church in Belarus, Russia. He said, I've got 11 people in my church. And, and, and I spent a week with this fellow here. And I just, just to this day, he impacted my life because, Lord, if, if I could ever be the kind of man he is. But, but he, he just, nobody will ever know him. Nobody will ever, will ever appreciate him. Uh, but, he, but he walked more closely to the Lord than, than almost any person I've ever met personally in my life. Amen. Uh, and, and the world will never know him. Amen. He made a bigger impact in my life than any rich person I've ever met, any politician I've ever met, uh, any, uh, even uh, some, some ministers, you know, many ministers, you know, that, that they're just in it for the money or in it for the, for the fame or, or whatever. Uh, it's just uh, uh, people like that impress me. People like that who walk in the love of God so much that they just, they ooze the love of God, right? They can raise the dead and, or, or rebuke you and, and, and you'd be happy about it, right? Uh, you know, if you can be rebuked and be happy about it, then, then that's a good thing, right? Amen? Uh, and so, so the love of God is so, is so <clears throat> there's just, I, I can't express in my heart how important it is for us as a church to yield to the love of God, yield to His love. Lord, what is the best for this person? Not what they think is best for them, but what is best from you? Because sometimes what's best for them is just leave it alone. In that moment, the best is to leave it alone. Yeah, but they're, but they're in sin or they're doing this. Sometimes the best is just leave it because the Spirit of God is working on all of us. Amen? And he, he may have a plan. I'm going to work on them. And August 3rd at 2.30, I'm going to reveal to them what they need to do. But between now and August, that date, at that time, you got to leave it alone. Lord, that, they, they got to know, Lord, they're in sin. Uh, well, do you want the Lord to expose all your sin right now? All, all of us pray. He's, Jesus said, be perfect as my Father's in heaven. Yeah, I've already made it. I made it. I'm perfect. Anybody want to raise their hand? Remember when Jesus, you know, when, when they, were, uh, they brought the woman caught in the very act of adultery? You who are without sin cast the first stone. You know, uh, the, the amazing thing is it says, from the oldest to the youngest, they left. Because the older people are like, I ain't, right? I, there's no way I'm raising my hand for that one, right? 
The youngest people thought, I think I could do it. I, I'm pretty sure I could do it. Nobody knows about that one thing I did yesterday. I, I'm gonna, and, they, and they see the older guy goes, you know, I think I can still do it. And the older guy's like, I ain't, I ain't touching that. I'm leaving here because I'll get struck by God, you know, by saying I have no sin. Amen. Uh, and so, <clears throat> you know, none of us are perfect. Amen. He said to be perfect, but none of us have made it yet. But it's still, the, it's still worth the effort to try. It's still worth the effort to, to, to be better today than we were yesterday. Amen. And the way to do that is if you will learn to yield to the love of God, what you'll find is you're just not so uptight, upset and uptight all the time, fighting all the time. You know, wanting to burn down everybody all the time. Wanting to, you know, storm. We're going to storm Washington, D.C. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We're going to pray more. Amen. Uh, and look, I'm not, I'm not mad at nobody. Uh, you know, like I said, I mean, as far as my president goes, President Biden, I mean, like 0%, I agree with anything he does. Like 0%. I can't. I mean, I'm sure there's something, but for the most part, it's zero. There's a good chance it's zero, right? Good chance it's zero. Uh, but, you know, he's still the president. And so I pray for him. Lord, give him wisdom. Lord, protect him. Amen. I don't want him to die because if he dies, he may miss heaven. Does he know, Lord? I don't know. So people are like, yeah, let him miss heaven. You don't want him to know. Uh, we will pray. Amen. And that's our job. And so the love of God, and I know we're about out of time here, uh, but uh, uh, so we're not going to get all the way through it. I was thinking we'd get started and get all the way through it. We're not going to get started, but uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians 13, and I've I, I got to read at least one verse. I'm going to read, you know, uh, but 1 Corinthians 13. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, it's interesting because 1 Corinthians 12, which, you know, if you remember your, your math in school comes right before 13, right? 1 Corinthians 12 is all about the supernatural power gifts of the Holy Ghost. Nine gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost, right? Gifts of healings, right? Special faith, working in miracles. Yeah, we love all that stuff. It's all, it's all amazing. And at the very end of it, Paul said, yet I show you, verse 31, I show you a more excellent way than raising the dead, healing the sick, signs, wonders, and miracles, a more excellent way. And the more excellent way that he shows us is the way of love. Because love will cause... 1 Corinthians 12, to be manifested, amen, in the right way. So it's not, it's not either or, it's if you walk in love, everything else follows, follows love, amen. Uh, and so I wanted to read, uh, and we're not going to read it all, but I'm going to read, we're going to read verse chapter 13 in the Amplified Bible, in the original Amplified, so there's a new Amplified Bible, and so they couldn't just call it something else, they wanted to rename it, so they, they call it now the Amplified, the classic edition of the Amplified Bible, and that's what we're reading. And that's what's on the back table there. And I want to encourage you, get you a copy of that, of that uh, printout there. Put it in your Bible. And read it every day in the repent after you read it, right? Because more than likely, uh, we're not going to be perfect in it. But, but if we want to grow in love, see, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's, in fact, it's the very first fruit of the Spirit. That means it can grow and increase. If we want to grow in love, then you need to allow love to be your mirror. When you look at yourself, what do I see? Do I see 1 Corinthians 13 or do I see, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I just had to tell them. Well, I'm just one of these people that just tell, tell it like it is. That's so dumb. I, you know, I hear stupid things like that all the time. I, I am the person who is going to walk in love. Sometimes I tell it like it is. Sometimes I won't say a thing. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, I know this is just beyond imagination, sometimes I'll let people get an advantage over me. Well, I'm not doing that. 
I am always going to be okay. The Lord will always prosper and bless me, and I'll live a long and happy life. So, so what if somebody gets advantage of me? Sometimes they'll just let it ride. Okay, Lord, no problem. You know, I've had people tell you need to sue them. In business dealings, you need to sue them. And the Spirit of God me, no, you don't, no, you ain't doing that. Well, Lord, they got an advantage on me. So, if the Lord says just leave it alone, just, then, then I have the capacity to leave it alone and without any regrets. I wish I'd done that. Oh, you know, I'm so mad I had to do that. No, not mad about it at all. Not even a little bit. Amen. So, so we need to allow the love of God, when we read these verses, allow these to be a mirror for us. We go, do I see this in my life? Do I, do I look just like this in my life? And it's from the inside out. See, it's not, we're not trying to look like love. We're trying to be love. Be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Don't act perfect. You know, people act perfect. Well, I never do anything wrong. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Would you like a list? I mean, you know, I, I, I could talk to you for five minutes and I could tell you, you know, well, here's three things you just did was wrong right there, right? You know, uh, and so I'm not trying to keep score, but, you know, sometimes things are really obvious, right? Uh, and so uh, we want to be like this from the inside out. Because, see, if you're, if you're like this from the inside out, everything's easy. The thing that people just don't appreciate is if you could walk in perfect love, in the perfect perfection of being led by the Spirit of God in all that you do, you'll be so happy. You'll be so at peace. You'll be so blessed and so healthy and, and so uh, uh, prosperous in all of your life that you won't even know what to do with your life. You just like, well, Lord, I got all stuff. You know, what do I do? But see, we, we, we want to hold off things. Lord, I'm going to be this way over here. I'm going to be this way over here. And I'm not going to change over that. I'm, you know, that's just the way I'm over here, which means I'm never going to change. No matter what you tell me, Lord, that's just the way that I am. That's the way I was raised. You know, I, I, I'm Italian, right? Uh, or I'm French or whatever it is. People, well, that's, you know, <clears throat> well, uh, you know, I'm a bolio. What does it even mean, right? What's that mean? It doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, well, you're, 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 well we don't put up with stuff like that. Well, other people do. I mean, <clears throat> like, I'm, you know, but people love to say those things. Well, I'm from the South. Okay, what, what's that mean? You know, I'm American. I have rights. I, I do not identify as an American. I don't identify as a conservative. I, I identify as a child of the living God who is due all the rights and privileges of heaven. I have access to all that heaven is. Uh, my inheritance is heaven right now. My inheritance arrived when somebody died. Jesus died. That means I have access to all the inheritance. And all I can do is at best is mess it up. Uh, and so I'm not going to mess it up. I'm going to choose to be this because I have no fear that the Lord will always provide for me. If you take away everything I have, it'll all come back tomorrow. I have no fear of it. Nothing. Zero. No fear. Uh, and so... If you want to take advantage, well, I, I sure made him look bad. You can't make me look bad. I'm a child of God. You can't say bad things about me and hurt my feelings. God loves me. What could you do, Paul? What you could possibly do to me that would override God's love for me? Well, I ain't having nobody take advantage of me. I don't care. You know, well, I, I sure got one over in him. No, you never do. You think you did. You may, you may brag to your friends you did, but God in heaven goes, I'll take care of that. No problem. I'll take care of it. No problem. It's all taken care of. It's all, all cleared up, right? So when we run verse, I'm going to tell one story, and, and, and then we go. Uh, and so and, uh, this is 1 Corinthians 13, uh, and we're going to read verse 1 in the Amplified Version. So it says, if, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but, but have not love, agape love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
And so Paul's right there. He, he's saying, look, if I, if I could do these amazing things, right? Uh, and we'll read verse 2. Uh, it says, and if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, agape, God's love in me, I am nothing. A useless nobody. That's tough right there. Now, this is the word of God. This is what the word of God says. Now, he's talking about people who have spiritual, amazing spiritual gifts, move mountains, prophesy the future, speak tongues of angels, right? Uh, have all, all these amazing things, possess all knowledge. You know, I know a lot of people who think they know all things, right? They think they possess all knowledge. But if they have no love, uh, the Bible says they are a useless nobody. Now, that's tough. Right? Isn't that tough? That's pretty tough, right? But this is, this, is what the Lord, this is how the Lord grades us, right? Your love, you're way up here. If your love is down here, nothing else matters. That's what he said, nothing else matters. If nothing else matters, this seems like this would be a valuable thing for us to learn, amen? And, and I'll tell you, reading the scriptures over and over, especially the gospels, because right? I love reading the gospels, because I love to see, because Jesus is our greatest example of love. He never asserted his position as, as king of the world, although he was. He never, uh, never, never uh, demanded that they treat him like God, although he was. You know, he said, remember at the very end when he was at the garden, they said, we came to find Jesus of Nazareth. He did, uh, the, the King James says, I am he. But the original language just says, I am. He was saying, I am like he told Moses, when Moses said, who do I say sends me? He said, I am. That meant that he's not, he, not that he was, not that he's going to be, he is, I am. So he was asserting, that was one of the few times he asserted his deity there in the garden. And when he said, I am, they fell back. The, the, the Spirit of God just overwhelmed them. They couldn't stand up in the presence of God when he said, I am. And yet he never demanded that they treat him like God. The Pharisees treated him like dirt. His own family treated him like dirt. Wouldn't even speak to him, right? Didn't even believe in him until after he died. Yeah, thanks. It's a little late now, right? But his brothers and sisters, you know, just, you know, were embarrassed by him. And yet he never asserted, he never demanded that they treat him right. And yet I think he's doing pretty good for himself, don't you? Isn't he seated at the right hand of the Father? Didn't God exalt him because of, the, because of his actions, right? And, and yet... We get concerned about, well, you know, I can't have somebody, you know, if they say something bad about me, I'm going to, you know, don't say nothing bad about me because you're going to get it right back. I could care less. You want to say something bad about me? That's on you. Well, well, people are going to think bad about you. You know, it just, it's zero. I could care less what people think about me. Zero. Amen. Now, some people say that and they intentionally offend everybody. I don't care what people say. And you're, you're ugly. And your mama, she's twice as bad as you. You know, and, and they'll, well, that's just the way that I am. You know, that's not the way, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying it's, it's fine to be obnoxious and offensive. I'm saying it's just, I don't care because I know who I am. I know that I am a child of God. And if I'm a child of God, what does it matter what you think about me? Amen? I'm on my way to heaven, to glory. And you're going to get mad because, you know, you don't like, you know, well, he, he, went, he's, he was preaching at like 12, 14. You know, we're going to beat the Baptist. If we're not out by 12, we're not going to beat the Baptist. And, and people get mad, amen? You know, you go, to, you, go to, you go to Africa, and they start like two hours before church, 
And they may get done three hours after, after that. They may be in church for five, six hours, right? And, and they don't care. We're mad, you know, you know. These chairs aren't very comfortable. There's only four inches of padding on these chairs. And, uh, but, but this, but, but that's, so Paul, in, in, those, in those two verses, Paul said, you can be the most amazing person, have the most amazing talents, and if you don't walk in love, you are a useless nobody. That's just, that's really tough. Useless, right? Useless means that God cannot use you for anything. Well, I just prophesied somebody's future. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, you and yourself are of no value. You're not helping anybody, right? Because there's, there's a tinge of, hey, look at me. There's a tinge of, of give me glory, and God will not share his glory. Amen? And so if Paul himself said, it uh, doesn't matter what you do, if you don't have love, you are useless nobody, seems like that's kind of an important thing. Amen. And that's what Jesus was telling them in, back in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, and they were just, their minds were blown. Amen. And probably there's some of your minds blown today, right? Uh, because if you've never heard, it, heard Jesus say it like this, you know, you, you're thinking, how can I live this way? All of us, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus, all of us are capable of living this way today. Not this, well, I'm working on it. Blah, 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 blah. You do it. You don't work on it. You just do it. Amen. I've heard people, I'm working on it. And they'll spend a year forgiving somebody because, you know, they, they went through the red light first. A year. He's like, what do you mean a year? It should be like a second. Okay, I'll give you two seconds, right? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll double it up. You got two seconds, right, to forgive somebody. I'm working on it. You know, you can choose to, to walk in love and forgive them immediately, right, within minutes of whatever they've done. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, so we're going we're gonna to look at 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to look at it because the Amplified really, to me, uh, well, it does exactly what it says. It amplifies what the Word of God there is. Because sometimes, you know, the English translation is not capable of really expressing the full thought of the verses, right? It's all original Greek. And so trying to express those thoughts with limited language sometimes is difficult. So the Amplified Bible was written so that we can get a little bit of amplification on, on what these things mean. Uh, and so I'm not going to get to my story. We'll, we'll pick up the story next week there. But, um, but I want to encourage you, all of us today have the capacity to live this way. All of us do. And if you want to be the greatest person, be perfect as my father. Because Jesus said the only way you can be perfect is to love everybody, right? Love those that love you, which is fine. It's easy. But also love your enemies, which is and for our emotions and our thoughts is difficult. But not for the, it's not difficult for the power of God that lives in you. It's not difficult for the love of God that's in you to do that. But it will be difficult in your, until you get your emotions lined up with the love of God. There's going to be a lot of conflict in your life. And some people don't want that fight. Some people, they're unwilling to put that much work into their life uh, of changing to become, to be like God. Not just work for God, which is great. But that's not enough. He wants us to be like Him. And the only way we can be like him is if we choose to take the mirror of the love of God and say, Lord, I'm so far. And look, I have said these words to the Lord so many times. I'll read a verse and say, Lord, I am so far from this verse. It's embarrassing. I've said those words to the Lord many times. So I see that. I see, Lord, walk in love to my enemies. I've never said that particular one, but other things like that. Lord, I'm so far from that verse because I see the mirror of me compared to that verse. And it's embarrassing to me sometimes when I see that. But you know what, Lord, then how are we going to fix this? I'll start praying, Lord, how are, we going to, how are you going to help me to become that? I don't say dumb things like, Lord, just, you know, take pride for my life. 
take all these. He, didn't, he never said he would take these things out of your life. He said, you put off the old man. He's not going to take it off. You've got to put it off. Amen? Uh, and, so, and so he's not going to, Lord, take all this pride, take all this anger out of my life. I've got anger issues, blah, 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 blah. You know, I need to go to anger management. No, you don't want to get anger management. You need to go to, to, to repenting management is what you need to do and repent for being uh, selfish. Well, they just needed to hear it, selfish. Well, I just had to say it, selfish. Well, they needed to know, selfish, right? That, that it's, it's thinking about me, right? I mean, I, I got to tell them. Uh, and so what's the opposite of love? Selfishness, selfishness amen. And so, uh, and I've told the Lord many times, Lord, I'm so selfish. I just, I, and I, I tell us, the Lord, it's, you know, the Lord's not in heaven going, really? I didn't know that. He had never said that to me. I, thanks for telling me. I didn't know that. You know, usually it's like, well, it's about time, dummy. You know, you figured it out, right? Selfish, just selfish people, right? And, and we're, all, we're all that way. We all have a tendency to be that way. We, that's a natural direction that our flesh wants to go and to be selfish. Think about us. Uh, that's the human race, amen? And, and until we get glorified bodies, we'll, we will have to struggle with that, Amen. And, and it's okay. It's worth the fight. Because if you can ever get to a place where you're having some reasonable success, man, you'll be happy at peace. You know, it's, it's a good place to be. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we thank you for the love of God. Father, you said in your word that your love is shed abroad in my heart right now, Father. Everywhere I go, I carry the agape love of God with me. Everywhere I go, Father, I have infinite capacity to deal with life circumstances and situations according to your perfect desire, Father, according to the perfect word of God, according to the perfect expression of love. I always have the capacity to do it, Father. Even if I choose not to, Father, I still had the capacity to do it. And so, Father, I choose as an act of my will to follow your love, to see your examples, to see what your word says, and to reflect, let that be a reflection of me, Father, to see when I look at those words, am I that way? Am I doing that? Am I walking in love that way? So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you. We can do that. And we give you the praise and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. It's a brand new year. Amen. Another, another day to, to serve the Lord. Another day to, to give into his kingdom. Amen. And so we thank, we, we're thankful. Amen. That, that the Lord has blessed us and prospered us to give to the work of his kingdom. Amen. amen. Uh, and so let, let's get ready to receive. Uh, this morning's tithes and offerings. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, for me personally, this, this topic of walking in love has been a great blessing in my life. It's been so, so helpful to me uh, to become the person that, that I desire to be. And, and I believe this is the, the, root, uh, the, the, the root cause or the root value of finding how to be, be like Jesus is to be like this. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. You know, Paul, who wrote 1 Corinthians 13, you know, he, he wasn't anybody's doormat. I mean, one time he said, I've handed this person over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. He mentioned lots of people's names, you know. Uh, uh, well, we won't go through any of those names there, but he mentioned lots of people's names, like this guy right here, he's terrible. This guy right there, he lied. This guy right there, you know. Uh, I mean, he just, he had no problem naming names, you know. Uh, and uh, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, he did it by the love of God. Uh, and so, you know, there, there is no, uh, in fact, the, the, literally the Bible says there is no fear in love. For perfect love casts out fear. Uh, and there is no fear in walking in love. Amen. I never fear walking in love. Never afraid. 
Because even if I mess up and allow somebody to take advantage of me, the Lord is merciful and kind. Amen. I have great confidence in him. Amen. Uh, and so I'm always going to be okay. <clears throat> no matter what happens, I will always be okay. Amen. And so um, uh, I think we've got to uh, get ready to eat lunch, right? Uh, and so, um, <clears throat> uh, Mr. Tony, would you mind blessing our food and then we'll get ready for lunch? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much today for what you've allowed us to step into and meet you. Truly, the Father, for all of your blessings, and we praise you, Father, the Father, that you are well doing. We bless the food today, Father, for we know that you have provided it. We pray for health and strength for each soul here today, Father, as you partake of the food. We thank you again for providing it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's eat.